Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer helps us unwind. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Unwind by Neil Schusterman and Nate, starting with the beer. This is called Impulse by Grimm. It's all right. Mm. Piney. You know, it's okay. I think I have something better later. And why did you pick that beer? Because the main character is very impulsive. Dee is. That's his, like, character flaw. That's that's all the depth to his character. That's it. Well, he's a teenage boy, so they're not really good as deep as they get. Oh, well, if they could get deep into something, they would usually. But it's mostly just their fists. Uh, So this is a young adult novel that was published in 2007. And it is, of course, part of a series because they all are. Uh, and this was recommended to us by a fan of the show. So uh, thanks for making us read this, Kelly. And um, sorry in advance if we shit on it a little or a oh, lot. Or a lot. <laughs> um, that's what we do here. That's Poop on things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Mostly true, yeah. yeah that's, the, the episodes where we really like the book are, are kind of boring <laughs> to listen to. <laughs> you should just switch to reading nothing but trash. That would be easier. We've, we've mostly done that anyway. That's true. I'm trying to, you know, there aren't too many that we unequivocally like. Um, we find something usually. Won't be hard today. So this book takes place in the far-ish future. Far enough in the future that iPad, iPods are an antique. So it's got to be, you know, 50. So 2017? <laughs> it's, it's far in the future. And the premise of the book is that um, after a civil war in the United States over abortion rights, which is actually the most realistic part of the book, <laughs> that could happen. Uh, Are you saying this isn't a realistic compromise? Uh, the compromise is totally realistic. <laughs> it is logic, you know, impeccable logic. Uh, so the, the solution is that abortion is, is illegal, but there is a very, very late term abortion available to parents if they exceptionally ch- late, like 69th trimester, <laughs> you can abort your child. Uh, nice. if you're, you're teenage, uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> te- <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. Um, cause if they're 69, they wouldn't have to worry about having the, you know, the abortion. Uh, so the, they have a kid, uh, when they turn 13 until they're 18, they're in this sort of, uh, probationary period where their parents could have them or their guardians could have them unwound where they are technically not dead because every part of their body gets recycled and donated to other people. And this is a fate reserved for like outcast kids, shitty kids. Basically your parents can send you to be an organ donor anytime between 13 and 18. If you're an asshole. And more than just organs, they donate their bones, their blood, their plot. They use, I think it was like 99.74% of the child. And 99.4. And that's, <laughs> that's what it is. So the real question I have about that is somebody needs an asshole donation. Like that's cause like that can't be the, that's more than, that's going to be more than 0.6% of your body is like. Yeah. The asshole especially apparatus. if they throw away the appendix. So like, <laughs> they're going to have to use that somewhere. It's probably just the appendix they don't trans- they don't use, so that's everything else is good to go. So some people are getting like, like oh no, we need to graft this taint onto him. <laughs> like, 
It's like the uh, it's like the equivalent so um, like uh, vaginal rejuvenation surgery where they like make it tight again or like they fix like the parts that are all used up or something. And they just like stitch it up and a little then, bit. They get like, oh, their asshole is all used up. So mm-hmm. we'll just give you this child's butthole and it'll be good to go. So is this like part of like a prison rehabilitation program? You get a new when you're when you're paroled, you get like a brand new 15 year old anus. It's probably just like a rich person thing where they get a new anus every two years. <laughs> Sounds like something out of uh, Altered Carbon. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, instead of getting a whole body, you just get the child's anus, which is no, the, normally the goal of every priest. Uh, but yeah. now everyone can have it. <laughs> so the cut's the compromise. And, uh, if and you're they're thinking, like, that makes sense, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're like, that's really stupid, you're not alone. Uh, but once you accept that, it's a fine young adult novel. It's not changing the fucking world or anything. It's better than some. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about our, our two and a half main characters. There's two that kind of matter and one that matters sometimes. And just half of his story is just missing from the book for some reason. Uh, so the character Nate has a beer for is uh, Colin. That's what I Connor. was thinking. Connor. Connor. Yeah. Connor. Connor, who is being unwound because he's just like so... So shitty at being. He wouldn't a clean his fucking room ever. Yeah, and his parents have younger kids that they have, they have more like eggs in those baskets. So they're like, "Fuck it, just get rid of him. We can't deal with you. You're going to be older ones like loser. Nine. Yeah, you'll be old. So once you turn eighteen, you can't be unwound because now you're a grown up. But he's like sixteen and change. Like, like they couldn't just yeah. wait a year and a half. I guess he's that terrible. Yeah, I mean, you got to weigh against like how much it's going to cost to feed it. Maybe get like a tax break for uh, donating some really primo anus to the to the organ pool. It's a literal child tax credit. <laughs> uh, so there's, there's him, and then there's uh, the girl Risa. Which I forgot what that is like short for something, Son Risa or something like that. Who is Son Risa? Yeah, is an orphan and is being is raised in a, a stayho. Just what your mom does, um, but it's, <laughs> no matter how many times she says she won't. Um, so she's in a state home, and she's just like really good at the piano, but just like not, you know, good as not worth some, keeping alive. Not good, good as some children, except who, she in their in her very first scene, she's giving a performance, and she like messes up a couple notes of what sounded like a hard piece. I it mean, was Chopin. I mean, it was, it was a, a hard piece, but she, she flubbed a couple of notes and literally right after the performance, they bring her into more or less the headmaster's office and says, oh, sorry, you're going, sorry, kid, we got to pick somebody to unwind. So you gave it a good you. shot. <laughs> and then well. they, uh, they imply that they're going to donate her hands to a piano player who needs hands. And if somehow the hands will retain the memory of being able to play the piano. Yeah, we'll get We'll get to that. But, I mean, she's playing a really hard piece. I'm pretty sure it was the B minor sonata by Chopin, which is, like, really fucking difficult. But, you know, they're like, yeah. We, and she's going to be a minor forever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, so she's getting unwound as well. And then there's, I don't know, is it Lev or Lev? Because I was looking at it, it looks like Lev, but it's short for Levi. It's Lev. He is a tithe. So his parents are uber-religious types, and they have 10 kids, and the 10th one gets donated as a, you know, as what tithing is. 
when we talk about the you know the chosen people and money stereotypes, but the but the Christians want ten percent too, and apparently they'll settle for kids. So you know it's not really much better. So they're basically Mormons. Yeah, yeah. There's some sort. I mean, there's something. Some sort of like there's, fundamental, a, there's a weird Mormon vibe to them. Yeah, it's like oh, they live in like their own kind of community where they're all just you know no one's allowed to question it. All dressed in white, probably, and not drinking caffeine. Though they do have uh, they have booze at the kids' tithing party. Yes, which is, which is for like, everyone else, not for him. They don't want to spoil the meat. No, <laughs> you know you don't want to marinate it in that. But <laughs> it's like a uh, it's like a really sad you know sweet sixteen. It's like a bar mitzvah, but you know not as much fun at the end. But the yeah. kid is like in it, like he knows, like this is what I'm meant for. So. It's like it's like ethically slaughtered, I guess. Like this is I've been chosen for this special mission, which that is also not a crazy concept. I mean, it's fucking crazy to us, but like in history, there have been cultures where human sacrifice was common, and it, sometimes it was you know you know killing a prisoner of war or something or criminals, but other times it was it was a tremendous honor to be sacrificed because you know sacrifice a quality product. So some people are essentially yeah. raised from childhood knowing like you're gonna get you're gonna stay a virgin and get sacrificed at a certain point when like when the sky gets black for six minutes in the middle of the day and we don't know what's going on that's, <laughs> that's when you step up to the plate. So uh, of course all three kids are then being shipped off to uh, uh, the shittiest camp since Auschwitz basically, which is like harvest camp or something like that. It's called. That's that's basically what it's called. Yeah. For a different kind of harvest festival. So it just so like happens that each okay, well, okay, first not Colin, what's his name? Connor. Connor, he runs away from his parents. This is like the third, second scene of the book. You know, he runs away because he found the uh he was looking through his dad's uh desk and he found uh airplane tickets for a vacation, but he only found three tickets and none of them were for him. He's like, wait a minute, that's weird. And then uh, digged a little, dug, dug, digged, dug a little bit more and dag. found <laughs> he dag. Dag. He dag. <laughs> I like Dag. He is Will Dag. Uh, and he found the actual, like, uh, the piece of paper that said that he's being sent to be unwound. And he's like, oh, okay, well, fuck this. Tries to get his girlfriend to run away with him, but she won't. So we don't see her at all. And he runs away. He, like, hides in a trucker's truck who... If it was a darker book, something very much worse would have happened right there. But, I know, uh, man. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard not to think of a book about uh, 14-year-old abortions as not a dark enough book. <laughs> but somehow, it's still not. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, it could have gone darker, and it didn't. So anyway, he he's like on the interstate in the back of the truck, because the trucker decides to like help him. But then he gets pulled over. Also, the trucker had a, had a child's arm sewn on himself and the child's arm remembered how to do magic tricks. So now the trucker knows how to do magic tricks or something like that. He's like, I'm going to watch me make your butt virginity disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I need you to reach behind my sack and see if your card is there. I mean, that's what we were all talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's (laughs) what I thought was going to happen when the trucker, when the, when Connor says, I'll do anything. He was like, Oh fuck is it's only like page 20, you know, it's like, is, is it really going to do that already? And it didn't. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, very dark young adult book. Yes, indeed. I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't put that in a young adult book or they just couldn't market it as young adult. Unless like, 
you know how adult books are you don't call it adult fiction unless it's like porn like maybe young adult with a different emphasis is a, is a very different thing. <laughs> Porn books for young adults. Well, like featuring young adults. I don't like if that's your, if it, it's Oh like, no. Oh, I feel like that's probably illegal, but maybe it's not. I mean, it's, it's fiction. It's illegal. Yeah. I uh, I'm pretty sure technically. the first amendment would actually uh, protect that. I don't know what publisher so would publish it. But <laughs> <laughs> so there's like the scene on a highway when all three characters sort of by chance come together where the, the juvie cops, yeah, right. the most like <laughs> cartoonishly, cartoonishly callous adults. Oh, they're really like all adults in this book are just the biggest assholes. Like every single one of them. Anyway, so the juvie cops like pull over the truck and he's like, come out with your hands up. And so then he like, he like gets out of the thing, but then he decides to make a break for it by running across the highway. Meanwhile, the bus taking Riza to her camp crashes because he causes an accident and she gets off the bus because the bus driver's dead. Meanwhile, Lev's... His parents are driving him with the priest or the pastor... They also, I don't think they crash, but they do stop because of the big accident in front of them. And then... And Connor opens the door and he grabs Lev as like a human shield. And he uses him to get through. Uh, so the, the, the cops can't shoot him. Because the juvie cops are like half three stooges, half dog catchers. And they just <laughs> can't fucking get him. And they're shooting tranquilizer darts. So he's like, I'll use this kid as a shield so I don't get tranked. And then... Uh, because they, they don't want to kill them. They just want to knock them out so that they can kill them later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sorry, un- unwind them. Right. And, uh, and then they have beer. That's nice of them. And well, this one works in several ways. that I didn't, uh, uh, More ways than I intended. I really just intended to work enough to drink it. But this is Crushed Together from Finback. It's a double mm-hmm. IPA made with pineapple, orange, and coconut. And coming in at 8%. So crushed together because well, this is when all their, their plot points come together. And uh, there's, there's going to be a little crush happening between two of the characters later. And, uh, yeah, so this is a... Also, when you get new transplants, you kind of get crushed together with like, an old kid. <laughs> it's like, like uh, the, the, the fusion dance. <laughs> the Dragon Ball Z thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is really good. I think I think the... I mean, you really get the coconut. I mean, we've also all been pounding the ultimate beats lately really hard from Finback, and that's just coconut coconut the beer so this is much tamer compared to that but it's really quite nice and uh and you know what else is quite nice when our beer is sponsored by a patron on patreon that's that makes it taste better actually yes it does it does that's science it's proven we've done studies you could also if you want to buy us a beer head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club and throw some hard-earned money with us. You know, you don't have to give 99.4% of your uh, your earnings, but... I mean, you can if you want. I wouldn't advise that. I'd feel pretty bad about that. I would, too, until I drank the beers, which would taste really good, because they were... <laughs> well, yeah, you drink to you. forget. <laughs> yeah, for, if you can get some really cool prizes and bonuses, like voting in our polls, pictures of our polls. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <laughs> not that one. That's a different thing. Um uh, and get shouted out on our show. Like, what, what, what more could you really ask for? I'm like, so not much. That's really all there is in life. That's is about. being shouted out on a podcast and voting for books that someone else reads. 
Yeah. So uh, crushed together. They're all together now. And Risa realizes it's her chance to run off the bus, and she does. And also Lev's pastor tells him to run. And Lev interprets that at the time to mean run for safety, you know, because you're a tithe and we need to protect that sweet, sweet reusable butthole and the mm-hmm. uh, rest of your parts. So he runs, but he can't really run though because Connor is much bigger and takes him into the woods and they run there for, and he also shoots the, uh, the juvie cop in the leg with the trank gun. Somehow he like, he sneaks up on him and gets his gun out of his holster and shoots him so that they can escape. Right. And yeah, he's they, a legendary badass after that. The Akron wall. It's basically like a child killing the boogeyman or yeah. putting him to sleep. Because that's what these people are. They just exist to take children. So then they go on a whole lot of adventures trying to run away and survive and eventually get looped into like the Underground Children's Railroad, which I was trying to think of a funny name for it, but I couldn't. The Choo Choo. <laughs> the Underground Choo Choo. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Uh, the little underground railroad that could. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, could we just say in this like very first scene when the like book gets even more ridiculous, or this next couple of scenes when the book gets even more ridiculous because they are like in hiding in the woods, and then they are just like, okay, well, let's just like find some like houses and just ask them for clothes, but they end up stealing a baby. They don't steal the baby. They, they save the baby. They do. Because in, in this world, uh, if you don't want your baby, you can just leave it on someone's doorstep, and then they legally have to take it unless they catch you leaving the baby. Then you take it back. And so what, of course, happens is people just wake up and find the baby and say, I don't want this thing, and they put it on their neighbor's doorstep, and it just goes round robin, and it eventually comes back to them. That's what happened in one of these, book, one of these kids. And then the baby dies. That's what happened to Connor, and that's why you don't find that until later. But he impulsively grabs the baby um, after he sees the family open the door, and the little fat, spoiled rich kid and says, "Ah, oh, not again!" <laughs> got storked. Yes, yeah, storks. That's what it is. Not another thing. Like I think you could just give your baby a like a fire department. Isn't that true? Like I mean, you can always just give your baby adoption, but in this world, it's a switch to. Uh, just in, just dumping it on any family you see, and they have to take it, unless they just say, "Oh, I don't know, I'll get rid of it." I'm just not going to use the front door for a couple of days. <laughs> we don't need to get the mail. Yeah, hey, cool. <laughs> I just need to wait like I need to wait like a day tops. It's true. Babies are pretty uh, pretty useless. So uh, they see this, and then then Connor grabs the baby, and he. They, the, the woman pretend, you know, accuses Risa of being the mother's like, ah, oh, you can't give me your kid, cunt. And then she, she's like, oh, shit, it's mine. I'm like, oh, look, the father's still here. And then, of course, the mom says something like, here's a lesson, girl. You can't trust men or something like that. You know, the, the sooner you realize that, the happier you'll be. And it's like, oh, one of those corny lines. OK, great. And then they now it's like a sitcom, like three runaways and a baby. They yeah. have to. And of course, what they do is they have to get on the bus to go to school. Oh, yeah, because they see uh, police officers hanging around. And they're thinking they're being watched. Juvie cops. But often they probably drink beers. So I have a beer. This beer is by Big Alice Brewing, and it's called Bartered with Bone. It's a pretty, pretty good name. It's a lot of alliteration. 
<laughs> I chose it because of the when they made this deal on abortions, uh, they were bartering with children's bones. What kind of beer is it? It is a uh, is a session India Pale Ale brewed with the 2020 Pink Boots Hop Blend. This is made with the Pink Boots Brew Project Society thing, which is like a not a brewery, but a women in brewing collective group. And it is okay. It's like a it's a session, so you know it's five percent alcohol, so you know, nothing nothing much to it. It's okay. It's not bad. It's yeah, you, you know, it's it's a session, so you could have forty five of them and not notice it. I was wondering about sessions, like they always tend to be kind of like, Man, there's not much here. If they if you had like a super dry hopped session, you know, where you had all those like juicy IPA flavors and smells, but just not the alcohol on body. I wonder what that would be like. I, f- like, I feel like all that. like the crazy flavored ones have higher alcohol. Maybe like you need to have higher alcohol for the, for it to work. I don't really understand the process. Good Balance enough. it out a bit. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could just like dry hop a low alcohol thing, but they don't seem to do that. I don't know why because session ones are usually you know, forgettable. I think that's the whole point of session drinking is you want to forget <laughs> the whole day. <laughs> well, Brewdog makes that non-alcoholic IPA that's like the hoppy, you know, 200 IBUs. But well, it's that's, non-alcoholic. That's, that's just bitterness. It's not even like a yeah. flavor. It just tastes like the concept of bitter. It tastes like old, old tea coming out of an asshole. It's pretty gross. Uh, that asshole might be freshly translated, though. That's cool. Fresh, fresh asshole does make for better tea. I did actually get some of the Brewdog's non-alcoholic beer shipped to me, and uh, I'm saving them for when we can record again in person because those are so fucking terrible that I want to see your faces drink them as you drink them. Uh, we had one before. Back oh, the in podcast? the day. Oh, back in no, the day no, we, had, no. we had the we had the nanny state. Yeah, that one I couldn't get, but I got the the newer ones. All right, so uh, they now you get stuck get with a for this book because these kids are so fucking bitter. Ouch. Uh, they run, of course, into the school bus to avoid the police. And then there's, you know, like another character we meet who doesn't matter. Who's there so for they're literally scene. hiding in the bathroom of this high school. They don't attend. And, the, and in the most ridiculous line of the entire book was, I hope the baby doesn't cry. <laughs> it's a fucking newborn. It is like probably hours old. And they're just like, we're just going to hide in a bathroom hoping the baby doesn't cry. They don't have any fucking food for it or like, you know, anything. So they are dumb children. That's why they're getting sacrificed. Yeah, the, the smart ones don't get unwound. I, I, I will challenge you, though. I think there was a worse, more ridiculous line in the book when she's playing this uh, piano recital. She describes the piano as, quote, as ebony and as long as the night. I was like, are you talking about a piano right now or something (laughs) very different? (laughs) That's that's not about a piano. That's that's the level of writing you get in this book. That's like the Fifty Shades of Grey line. That That is more poetic than anything in Fifty Shades of Grey. That's probably true. Just unintentionally. She didn't fire up her piano. <laughs> Playing some uh, Snow Patrol on it. All right. So then they uh, – oh, I have a beer for this. Um, the uh, the Lev boy. has been kind of you – know, he's going along with them and pretending to, but oh, he doesn't want to. Too. 
He doesn't want to go along with them. Uh, he kind of goes back and forth. You could say he oscillates. No. Yeah, there you go. That's all I needed. This is not awesome. much of a fan of theirs. <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> no, we've that. hit the ceiling of fan puns. <laughs> so, it's <laughs> terrible. Uh, so, really this blow. is awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. That's where we're at. Uh, I was trying to look it up, uh, what, which hops are in this. This is Oscillation 20 by Finback. Uh, so also we have had this before, but not this one. So Oscillation is a series where they use the same base IPA, or I guess it's actually a – it yeah, it's just a one IPA, just, a, just an IPA. Uh, one IPA that they change the hop bill for. So this particular one is uh, – Hopped with Citra, Mosaic, and Belma, uh, and it's 8.7% alcohol. We've had, I don't know, like Oscillation 11 or something in the past. But it's really good. Um, <laughs> oh, so it's so much, so good. It tastes so much better than being harvested for your organs. Uh, Citra was in like 95% of IPAs right now, it seems. And I don't really know much about Belma. Ask Louise. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But you get a lot of citrus flavors and um, almost like fruit, other fruits like strawberry or something in there. Even though there's no strawberry added, you just get like a lot of berry flavors. It's really quite nice. Spinback does these, I guess. Well, they just celebrated their sixth anniversary and they've done 20 of these. So they do a few a year, I guess. Five or six a year. Oh, and they just changed around. So by the time you hear this episode, they'll be up to like Oscillation 23 or something. And Lev, uh, the reason he oscillates and he veers over to... Uh, ratting them out and he sneaks out of the bathroom when the period changes and then pull he goes to the office and rats them out and he just says like there's a there's like two kids and a baby in the bathroom two unwinds they're unwounds unwinds or whatever they're called unwinds on the run they're just like oh shit let's get them and then he immediately regrets it (laughs) (laughs) because then he immediately calls the the pastor and the pastor is like why are you calling me? Get the fuck out of there. That was your, your even chance. your parents, even your parents are like, no, 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 run away. Well, no, the parent I thought the parents were just like ashamed that he ran away. Like they didn't because like they, they look in the newspaper and they're like, why isn't it front page news? I thought it was more like the parents they felt bad that they had even sent him to do that and they were like doing it only because of their religion and they felt kind of pressured to do it because of their religion. But now they're like, Oh wait, he could escape. Take a little berries in the woods. That's just as good as being alive at home. Uh, all right. That could be true too. Yeah. I I mean, it was one of those. I wasn't paying that close attention and it doesn't really matter anyway, because he gets over it and he's just like, Oh fuck. All right. Let me go see if they're still in the bathroom. And then, um, well, no, he pulls, he pulls the fire alarm. He pulls the fire. He's the one that does it. Right. He pulls the fire alarm. The old, let's get everyone out of the school he building trick. exists solely to complicate events. It's very rarely to report a fire in my experience as a student. The fire alarm <laughs> oh, yeah. is only to get someone in trouble. And here it's to cause a commotion so all the kids leave and the cops won't find the other ones. And in the, in the ensuing mayhem, a good-hearted teacher, a choo-choo operator, <laughs> gets them out and brings them to a lady's store and says, here, just hang out with this lady. 
but Lev goes with the cops. No, Lev gets separated somehow. What the fuck happens to Lev? He kind of don't know. He wanders off somewhere. He, he he just gets he wanders off with the other kids as they all just yeah. flood out into the street, and then we don't pick up with him for a little while, and then it focuses just on Connor and Risa as they're in the underground railroad and they <laughs> in this in this antique shop where they meet a whole bunch of other runaway kids that are. Uh, comically simple characters they're they're stock interesting but not too interesting characters there's punk there's, rock asian girl nerdy guy and big tough vaguely soviet but not really soviet guy yeah <laughs> what was his name it was like roland roland right yes i did not think of that he had oh, tattoos I, of a shark yeah it's just a shark on his arm uh, i don't know why the girl who played piano wasn't called roland but you know whatever she was named Yamaha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cool Asian girl who shops at Hot Topic. She dyes her hair, which is why her parents were like, oh, get rid, get of, rid her. of her. <laughs> You're not going to be a doctor now. <laughs> but she also was able to play the Chopin piece without making any mistakes, just thanks to those tiger mouths. <laughs> so there's a lot of really stupid things that happened. Oh, the one like touching part of that whole thing with the old lady... And she's like this tough old bitch who has been doing this for years and she doesn't take like she talks right back to the kids and they all have like shitty attitudes despite being in the most like supplicating kind of position. Like they are helpless and this woman's helping him and they have shit attitudes with her. It's like no wonder your parents wanted to absorb you. (laughs) Well, I get that. But like even when I was a shitty asshole teenager, I still knew when to shut the fuck up and be like, no, sir, I'm, I'm very sorry, sir. Thank you so much. You know, like by the time I got arrested, like, I was being hungry best behavior that day. They're hiding in this lady's basement and eating her food and she's putting herself in serious legal issue uh, risk. And they're like, don't make me lift your box up, old lady. I'm going to sit down. You're making us sit in this basement all day. What gives? And then she makes them write a letter to whoever they want to, to write on their, to deliver on their 18th birthday. You know, should they live? And uh, and that was interesting. That was like very humbling for all the characters. And and Connor wanted to go. For, it went from the typical teenage thing, like "fuck you, mom and dad," to "I don't know why you did this to me, mom and dad. I'm so I'm so sad that we had I had a my childhood was really great. Why I don't know why, but I love you anyway. Like that was like, upsetting more so than anything else in the books at that point to me. Not that it was. Like, weeping but it's like oh that's that's fucked up yeah certainly you know, if you have feelings you know, some of them I have some feelings we know nate is too tough but <laughs> nate's like nah fuck that kid unwind him <laughs> that kid's a pussy <laughs> you can just donate the whole kid as one big vagina he's such a <laughs> pussy <laughs> so they end up getting shuttled off to a, a big warehouse where they have to stay for another few days and then they get put in boxes to be mailed on a cargo jet and then, yeah, then they get like, all of these things like, like, does this matter? How much does this matter? And they, they all kind of go on a little bit longer than they need to. And all it is is to show that Roland is a scheming motherfucker and Connor and Risa are working together, but they have to get over Connor's shitheadedness that he yeah. just can't think. All these kids are dumb, but they also have like a Dune level uh, awareness of social engineering tactics. <laughs> I was like, well, he's doing this so that 
they'll react this way, and then I'll be able to do it this way. It's like, well, you, what the fuck are you talking about? Jesus, he's a dumb kid. He's a big, dumb, dumb kid. He's just a bully. That's what yeah. Roland is. Roland's just a big bully, but he somehow manages to get every kid on, you know, he flatters or threatens or whatever, and the kids are all like, I love Roland. It's all like Machiavellian on him and shit. And then he was going to, he's going to rape Frieza in the bathroom, but Colin comes in to save her. But he doesn't save her, sort of. He saves her, but like, Reese is like, you were not really, he just comes in, he's like, hey man, he's like, yeah, I'm about to go fuck this girl. And Connor's like, that's cool, can I just wash my hands, dude? And then the guy's like, no, I don't wanna. And then he leaves. And then Reese is like, what the hell was that about? This was the time you were supposed to like fight. And he goes, no, no, that's what he wanted. So I did what he didn't want. And now he won't bother you ever again. That's kind of true. He's so wise. Mm -hmm. It worked. It's like a teenage Jedi. And then she's like, oh, God, I want to fuck that kid. Yeah, and then that uh, that was also the the crush together thing happens. Which also... I think there's a beer for that. I can't wait any longer. Got to try it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that also, and then they have a beer. This is called Orange Cream Crush by Finbeck. So this is a brand new time of this episode. It's old. <laughs> this is a Finbag beer, right? Uh, it, it just came out. It just arrived literally about an hour before we recorded. So uh, then I threw it in the freezer. Okay, so here we go. This is a <laughs> double IPA with orange and vanilla. Well, I'm sure they were going for an orange creamsicle vibe. Uh, I wouldn't say it tastes like that. No. But it's good. Yeah. It's, it, uh, I want to say it's more vanilla than orange. Though it has this other strange taste to it. I'm actually not totally sure what that is. But it's still pretty good. I drink it. You, I think good you're going to have to. You have a lot of them. I do, yes. <laughs> we were all texting about a beer, as we do, and uh, asked, asked, asked the guys if they were gonna, anyone was going to buy this. And then in a period of like six hours, it went from everyone was like, I don't know, to we had all ordered a case of it, <laughs> or um, a case of random beers. So while they're getting shipped out, meanwhile, Lev has... Joined up with a an umber child, as they call black people in this universe. I don't really know why, because that doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, like we're gonna have a war about abortion. Also, we're gonna change the descriptor of that. Uh, I don't know. There was a quick little thing that said, "Well, because it's the future." You know, they, they thought the word black had too much cultural baggage to it. So I was like, let's just pick a different word so that, you know, race is different, I guess. It makes them sound like a like aliens, like a different kind of person. <laughs> like, it's not a thing. What? What? It's weird. But they also have a word for white people, too. I forgot what the white people word was. Siennas. I thought Sienna was a brown color. I think a burnt Sienna, the Crayola color. Yeah, maybe that's only, yeah. the, the, only the burnt one is brown. I don't know what a regular Sienna is besides it's the... A, it's like a minivan, I think. It's like a, a raw Sienna. <laughs> this is a Sienna Tartar. <laughs> but he's hooked up with this uh, boy who has a brain transplant. Oh, my God. So he has, or a half a brain transplant. He lost half his brain in an accident, and they gave him uh, a, another boy's brain part of it, <laughs> and the brain healed together. And his now name he has is Sci-Fi. Sort of, yeah, it's fucking, yeah, what the fuck is that? In case you didn't know, this book takes place in the future. And his name, or his his brain is there, but now they 
basically he has some sort of like split personality or like a ghost boy living inside of his body who takes control sometimes. <laughs> and that's science. And he makes him shoplift. Yes. And yeah, sci-fi is super smart. And, but he also talks in the, I forgot what they call it. Like the a different voice, but like the, um, basically like the stereotypical African-American vernacular kind of thing, you know, where he kind of sounds like Foghorn Leghorn <laughs> when he's talking. Oh, he, yeah, he, t- he talks like, like, a, like a crazy, dumb fuck southerner. Like, the st- like a swamp person, almost. <laughs> but he's also very smart, and he uh, steals things. But it's the ghost inside of his body. Only when he needs to, though. Yes. And to. the ghost of this boy, of this brain mush, is uh, making... <laughs> he's taking control of the kid's body to make him like, I have to go and meet my his parents and finish his unfinished business like a ghost and then he'll be okay. Yeah. So, all right. At this point, Lev, like, okay, a bunch of, bunch of really stupid things happen, but the sci-fi kind of goes crazy because he uh, like digs up things in his, digs up the jewels in the yard that he stole, I guess, but it wasn't him stealing. It was the, it was the white kid. Well, it was it, it was his parents. It was the 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 brainmush kid's parents. He went. He had dug up all the jewels he stole with sci-fi with a uh, the 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 Umber Boy's body. Sci-fi was sci-fi was the kid. Yeah. So he he like we had to go back to find the brain kid's parents and like give him back the jewels he took, and then he could like ascend to heaven or something and like leave the boy alone because that is how that works. You have to finish the ghost business. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So it sort of just combined <laughs> the plot of uh, ghost into one person. Instead of having to find Whoopi Goldberg, they just put the ghost right into a black person. And they're like, that's, you just solve your own problem. <laughs> a lot less pottery, too. <laughs> Not as much Righteous Brothers as I need, though. So then, uh, but also uh, sci-fi, then he comes to see, like, they, they're all waiting. Like, his two dads are there, and he's like, we want to fight about that? You got two dads. Fuck you. And his two dads, and then the other kid's parents are like, it's cool. My son's little brain nugget just did that, and now it's all good. <laughs> and Lev just kind of is like, peace out. I've seen enough for one day. And then he, then he just disappears from the plot for a really long time. Meanwhile, not Colin. What the fuck is his name again? Connor. You Connor. hate this boy, Nate. Yeah, right. Uh, You're Connor cheering for him to get unwound. And Riza are put on an airplane and they're like in a packing crate uh, with a lot of other people all the other you know underground unwinds they're uh put on the pack on an airplane and they're like shipped off who they don't know where turns out it's to the middle of the arizona desert to the airplane graveyard which is actually a real thing i believe it's called arizona <laughs> the whole state no, where uh, old so airplanes old are actually like put out there in the desert because they basically, since there's no moisture, they don't rust or anything. And so there can be either just stored there or kept for spare parts and stuff like that. But anyway, turns out there being the, the plane lands because it happens to be a the last flight of a plane that's being decommissioned. And then there's like all the like 40 kids on it that arrive and the whole grave plane graveyard thing is being run by an admiral because that makes sense. Yeah. Like don't admiral. I, I had to look that up. Like, I was pretty sure admirals only do boat things. <laughs> it's all, it's also the 
underground choo-choo still, so it's a sky <laughs> boat railroad. <laughs> and the Admiral is... Planes, trains, and automobiles, and boats. <laughs> Do it all. And he's, he's like some fucking big-time grizzle. He's like Mad-Eye Moody. You know, he's all like scarred up and shit. And he's like, these are my rules. If you don't like them, you could have ended up as a pile of chopped meat. So shut the fuck up. And now go make these, make me some money selling planes. <laughs> that's, that's basically his plan. But he has really nice teeth. I was like, oh my God, I got those fucking teeth for my kid. Yeah. So Kids anyway, this, for their great teeth. this admiral who is technically retired, but he's running this whole like, the thing with his, which is the airplane graveyard that is actually a camp for runaway unwind kids and he's like trying to help them trying to save them and just like you know but he's like a dictator but yet he's trying to help them out would you say that his intentions are admirable admirable <laughs> <laughs> probably he's generally a good guy <laughs> can't leave another there's a kernel of good and uh, whatever he's doing. Because <laughs> he's trying to save them from corporal punishment. <laughs> we have to donate their privates. <laughs> I mean, technically they do. <laughs> and it's a major problem. <laughs> All right. So uh, there's, I, I'm shocked how much plot there is in this short book. There's so yeah. much crap. Well, that's the thing about young adult novels is they're written to be like fast paced and action packed because, you know, apparently young adults won't read slower books. That is like definitely true. So a lot of shit happens. All right. So then there's this whole like really long thing. Okay. This is like pretty much like half the book still, I think. They're like at the plane graveyard and... Connor and Riza have like been assigned jobs, whereas Riza is now a doctor. Cause you know, that's they just have like sixteen year olds. Are you good with medicine? Uh yeah, okay. Can you then fix yeah. <laughs> She's and good at it because she grew up in the state home, so they had to take care of themselves. Yeah. And or something. That kid's bleeding to death. It's gonna be bad. She's a doctor. I can tell. <laughs> Uh, and Connor's like good at fixing things, except the thing he needs to fix most is himself, or the relationship with his parents. <laughs> the one thing he can't repair. <laughs> it's really society that's broken. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep. Uh, so um, anyway, there's uh, all this stuff, and there are all these like undercurrents going on at the gri- at the graveyard, and. First, the admiral calls in Colin. Connor. And says, I need to. Sh- call- what the fuck? Colin. I don't care. No, fuck, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't I'm not sure. care. It's Connor. <laughs> uh, Connor uh, says, "Like the admiral's like, I need you to fix my coffee maker." <laughs> Definitely not suspicious, but it turns out instead of an adult taking advantage of a child. <laughs> which is really what I thought was going to happen. In that they scene. hint at it a lot. They really do. <laughs> uh, instead, the Admiral is like, I need to show you something. <laughs> <laughs> it was donated by a black unwind. It's really, it's impressive. Umber. It's an umber. It's, 
You know, I like that. Wait, what? What was the description <laughs> of the piano again? It's as long and as ebony as the night, or something. It's as long. It's as <laughs> ebony as the night, and almost as long, or something like that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, instead, it's a crate with five dead bodies in it, and it's the five <laughs> kids who were basically running the camp. Like somebody, like basically murdered. Well, somebody did. They murdered the five five kids who were so were the older unwinds who were helping to run the camp. And for some reason, the Admiral thinks Colin can figure it out. It's Connor. not Colin, is it? Connor <laughs> can figure it out. I really don't care. Uh, Connor <laughs> can figure it out because, you know, obviously you would just put any random 17-year-old on hey, a Hey, he can fix a toaster. He can figure out a medical murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, so Connor, because I guess he's kind of a leader, you know, because he is. I don't know. Anyway, he's like <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on, and but it, Connor thinks it's Roland because Roland is also here at the camp, and he's the other sort of like big tough guy that people follow. He's the only other character that you get a name for, so it makes sense. Yes, and then. Connor thinks it oh, fucking no. No, Connor was the yeah, right Connor, name. Okay. Yeah. Connor <laughs> thinks that Roland did it. And so he's like, puts him, I don't know, he fucking kidnaps him and like puts him in a crate and he's like, no, fuck you. And then while that's going on, everyone is like, oh my, somebody else discovers the the graves of the five kids. And it's like, the Admiral, the Admiral is out to kill us. And then there's a giant riot. I feel like I'm just rambling now, but no, all this really no, happened. That's, that's, that's really, actually how it went Yeah, down. yeah. There's a little bit more where, you know, he, Connor is hiding his mission from Lisa, but she immediately sees through it, but then she kisses him. That's important, right? That happens at some point around now. Yes. Yes. But basically, they think it's the Admiral, because there's a, there's a legend of the man, or the boy, hum, Humpty Dunfree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and they think it's the legend that like there's this people out there uh, who are getting who are hunting down kids who took the parts of their son so they can put their son back together again. But they think now the admirable the ad, fuck the yes. admiral is uh, <laughs> is is Humpty Dumfries' dad, and his name is Admiral Admiral Dunfree or Dunfee or something. And they're like, oh, is that you? He's like, no, that's definitely not me. And like, okay. Well, there's also, you know, the Admiral, has, he's an old piece of shit, but he's got really good teeth. And then there's pictures yes. in his 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 plane office of a kid you know, with those teeth. And they're like, he's just looking for parts to a point where it's kind of ridiculous. Like everyone's not like, who's the, who's the other kid? Mouth breather, what's his name? MT? Oh. Or something like that. They call him MT. Yeah. And it's like... Watch out! You got a lot of hair. He's probably gonna want to get your hair. Like that's <laughs> what? It's like a hundred years from now, and they don't just—they still use hair plugs. Like that's the <laughs> they're gonna take out of a kid's head. Yes, they do. Yeah, uh, science. But he's like, no. Also, you get a ghost of a of a boy when you take his hair, though. So it's a, really a pros and cons, you know. <laughs> it's like when you're very, like sometimes you wear a hat, and the hair will just be like <laughs> fucked up. For the rest of the day, it's because of the ghost. <laughs> but then he's like, no, dude, that was my son. And I had him unwound. And like, you kept your kid's teeth? And then he takes his dentures out. And they're like, oh, my God. What are those? Dentures? <laughs> he's like, I had to go to Bangkok to get these made or something like that, he says. 
and watch some lady boy I had porn. to bang so many prostitutes to get these dentures. I had each one of these teeth taken out of a lady boy that I spent the <laughs> night with. And, uh, <laughs> and then the Admiral is completely exonerated. <laughs> completely, yes. And the He's bad guy wasn't even Roland. The bad guy was the second in command. The helicopter guy who doesn't matter at all. Yeah, and he has through. recruited other kids at the at the base, including uh, Lev, who has now showed up out of the blue. But he's a grizzled Lev because he spent several weeks on the streets, and now he's like jailhouse Lev with like just neck tattoos and you know, carrying <laughs> <laughs> shit with him all the time. You know? He's making and wine he's recruited in the them to be. <laughs> he's recruited them to be the the frequently alluded to but never explained bad guys. The clappers, because <laughs> you can turn them on or off by clapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the clappers are. Yeah, there's this when they. That's how they get out of the high school fiasco when the cops are on to them, and there's a whole crowd of kids. Like, Just start clapping. Everyone will freak the fuck out. Yeah, and they don't explain what that is until the end of the book. So it's kind of just like, oh, I don't know what the fuck that means, but all right. You know, yeah, you know, it, it has to come back. Or I mean, then again, if you're reading this as like a twelve year old. It might be a week till you get that much further into the book. So you're like, I don't even remember that. Or four months. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the clappers have their bodies filled with like dynamite, essentially. Basically nitroglycerin. In their bloodstream. And then when they clap yeah. really hard, they explode. What if they fart? <laughs> <laughs> like a I'm, really I'm, big one. It's like, oh, my finger. You you would think a really large dump would set them off. <laughs> what if they're in like a rap video and when they're making their ass clap, it sets off the bomb? <laughs> when Sean Paul yells, make it clap, is that like their anthem? But also, like, what if you just, with being less disgusting, if you just stubbed your toe really hard? Like you could, that happens on an almost daily basis volatile. to humans. Maybe they put, like, spark plugs in their palms or something, or I don't know. Or is the detonator in their hands or something? No, no, I think... No, because they, they can't even, like, punch run. hard. Yeah, yeah, I think if just something, some some sudden impact would set you off at any time. Because later on when Lev gets captured, he's put into, like, a fucking bouncy house to keep him from exploding. He's in, like, while a they, a While hammock. they uh, dialysis out his nitroglycerin blood. Yeah. All right, so then um, they save the Admiral, who almost dies, but everything's fine because Connor is such a good leader intuitively that he quells the rebellion by just being like, hey, cut it out. And then they're like, oh, whoops. And then they make the really dumb decision to save the Admiral. They take the helicopter that Roland has somehow learned how to fly because he was like the assistant helicopter repairman. And they crash and go to an actual hospital. And the doctors are immediately like, oh, all right, yeah, we could save him. Quick, get me a kid's heart. And then they're like, no, he doesn't want any parts. Like, oh, you want us to do medicine? Uh, that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't always work, you know. <laughs> Just try. And then Roland sells them out. And he goes to the, the juvie cops. He's like, I got, look at these bitches here. They're runaway unwinds. And they're like, dude, so are you, obviously. Like, we can tell. He's like, but what if I tell you there are like 400 more in a camp? And they're like, oh, yeah, we also know about that. 
it's totally fine. We have an understanding where we just look the other way on that because it's practical. I really have a, an addiction to black market plane parts, and that's my only source. <laughs> so anyway, Colin... Connor. Connor, Connor, fucking Connor, <laughs> Riza, and Roland all get shipped off to the to the warehouse. What's it called? The harvest camp. Yeah. Harvest camp, which is like it. I think it, it's called it, harvest it's, camp. it's a summer. It's like a summer camp crossed with Hotel California. <laughs> yeah. So by the point when they actually get to that, I realize that this book is like half Never Let Me Go, and half uh, and maybe like a little smidge of Ender's Game. And then the rest is a. You read that book, Holes, or see that movie, Holes, with uh, yes. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeef. Oh yeah, they talk about the beefs. We didn't talk about that the whole book. Like, oh, he's oh, not yeah. big enough like, to be a beef. <laughs> or I guess a, that just means like a soldier. The soldier, yeah, the big, the muscular one. But it's spelled like a French word, so I don't know if it's supposed to be like boof. 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 Oh, I buffed. <laughs> Sounds like if you buff too hard, you explode though. So. <laughs> But then they go to this other summer camp and it's like, this is just like Never Let Me Go. They're just hanging out, waiting to die. And everyone's just kind of like, hey, yeah. it's cool. Just don't draw any attention to yourselves and maybe you could be in the band because for some reason they need a, an 11-piece wedding band <laughs> at this camp. And so they can just actually play Hotel California on loop. And the kids are like, fuck, just kill me. <laughs> That's only, only you hate the Eagles that much, Jimmy. I think if you heard Hotel California 11,000 times in a row, you'd wish for death. I think if I just listened to the classic rock station, that's what I would hear. Because that yeah, song's on true. about every 96 minutes. <laughs> when I went to Italy two summers ago, and there are lots of people back when, you know, you could go on vacation to a place. There were lots of people, that, you know, lots of people, usually with a guitar, just like, you know, trying to get money from tourists. Every fucking person was just playing Hotel California. <laughs> that was the only song they played. You'd be like, one, one side of the piazza, there'd be a guitar player playing Hotel California. The other side of the piazza, where you were kind of out of listening range of the first guy, there'd be a second guy with a guitar playing Hotel California. Did you give any of them your hard-earned lira? <laughs> Not a one. Not a one. Would it have been better if they just all played the Super Mario Brothers theme? <laughs> <laughs> They're just like super yes. like, hey, That would be awesome. <laughs> Luigi, hit it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, a tortoiseshell. I wonder if you hit an Italian guy with a tortoiseshell, what happens exactly? Like, it's a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then they're hanging out and... and uh, oh, just and, don't call him Fredo. Oh, that is, that is their word. <laughs> you do not get to say that is not for you to say. <laughs> Uh, so then they, they're in the camp, and uh, it seems pretty di- pretty dark. Like, they're all going to die. Except for Risa, because she could play a mean keyboard. She might live a few extra months. But they're going to unwind and. them. And Roland and Connor get into a slap fight, because it's boiled over to that point. And now they, uh, and they're you know, like, oh, kids who fight get, get chopped up sooner, because they don't want to waste those parts. Because, you know, bruising is permanent, and... They tenderize the meat. And they don't want any, any <laughs> issues, so they just get rid of all the useless kids. But it doesn't make sense. Like, why do they keep them it alive doesn't. at all? Like, get a and, and then you get the scene where, uh, which is probably supposed to be the most fucked up scene, where Roland gets taken in to the chop shop, yeah. as the kids call it. 
And there, there's the scene where he's like conscious, but they're clearly like taking all his organs. Just like starting from the toes and working their way up. Mm-hmm. Because part, yeah. of, part of the thing is you have to be alive. They can't, they can't kill you and take the parts because then you, you're clearly dead. But the, the weird pro-life compromises, if you're alive the whole time and all of your tissue is alive, then you were never dead. Therefore, you were not murdered. So he's conscious until the bitter end when they've like clearly taken away most of his body. And he's just like, yeah, most of his brain. Yeah, at the end, it's just head. He's like, you're not going to be able to talk anymore now. And then all the doctors just start talking about anything else. Like, did you see the Lakers this weekend? <laughs> I thought that scene was pretty disturbing for a kid's book. That was like, ooh, God, that's pretty upsetting. Yeah, that's my question. Yeah. I'll save till the end. But then he's gone and he's a dick. So you're like, fine, fuck him. He's the bad guy. And then two minutes he later... He was a huge douchebag. Oh, yeah. And as soon as he's dead, or whatever, chopped off, the doctors are, all right, let's prep for the next one, because it's going to be Connor. But first, Lev has actually joined the camp undercover as a tithe again. Like, he's pretending to be all Christian. Oh, and wait, I have a beer for that. Uh, this was supposed to be for earlier. This beer is called Indoctrination by Threes Brewing. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty spot on. <laughs> this kid has been indoctrinated so many times over the course yeah, of one book. Definitely. So this is uh, a hoppy pilsner uh, aged in new American oak. Oh, that's interesting. Woody. <laughs> Do you think they call it big umbercock in uh, the future when they went that specific type of porn? <laughs> oh, she's into BUC. <laughs> she's a buck. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, this is definitely a Pilsner. It, I mean, it's good. Uh, I've noticed that Three's Brewing, they don't go into this. They don't even try to make the same kind of beer as like Finback and other half where they make really sweet New England IPAs or really strong stouts. Three's Brewing tends to make the, either the, the Pilsners or the other much lighter flavor styles of beer. I mean, and it's, it's good. I wouldn't say I can necessarily take taste the American oak. But yeah, I mean, if I had a lawn to mow <laughs> and I needed to mow it. I, I, from what I, yeah, Threes does a lot of beers that are like Saison or, you know, a weird style, like weird lighter spears that you've never heard of before, made in a futra or whatever. I mean, I've been to the Threes tap room several times and the three and you can tell all if you look at the entire menu and there are like you know 18 beers the three step sorry in brooklyn uh and there are like 18 beers there and it's all it's all this kind of stuff lighter pilsnery so i think i told this story at one point but i was talking to a guy at finback and he kind of said when you work in the beer industry and you are surrounded by beer all the time you come to appreciate those lighter beers very differently for the one thing, like if you're drinking beer all the time, you can't just drink 10% alcohol IPAs all day, especially if you're like actually have to work at the same time. So there's that. And also is as a, if you're a brewer, apparently you, you have a finer appreciation for those beers that are more subtle and delicate because, you know, not that it's easy to make a double IPA, but if you just put enough hops into it of the right type, it might mask a mediocre beer or make it seem better than it is. 
where something like a Pilsner, there's nothing to hide behind. You know, it's it's a very simple, hand, you know, couple of ingredients. You can't you can't cheat. You can't fix it later on. So some brewers, I think, as like a point of pride, they're you know they don't really care. They're not you know for those of us who don't actually make beer professionally or even at all, we're impressed by very different things. Like holy shit, that's a really strong beer, or that's a really like intense flavor you got there. Whereas they're more like, oh, I made this really perfectly crafted Swiss watch of a beer that only uses four ingredients because I'm so good at using them. Probably similar to like cooking, you know, like like really, really high-end restaurants are not dumping shit all over their, you know, MSG all over their food. Yeah, it's not just like put a whole bottle of MSG on it and call it good. So I think that's maybe that's their thing. I know. Or also though, yeah, it, it seems to be. It's also every brewery around us in New York City. They just make fucking crazy IPAs and stouts. Maybe they're just trying to get a different corner of the market. Like, why try to compete with that at all and just do something different? Yeah. Maybe if you're listening to Reese Brewery, whenever we're allowed to go to places again, we could record there and you'll explain to us the real reason. <laughs> all right. So then um, they're going to take uh, Connor to the chop shop. But of course, Lev, who is a sleeper uh, clapper. <laughs> Is there <laughs> it's yeah, sleeper a sleeper clapper? <laughs> he claps in his sleep. He's just you know. He gets night terrors, or he gets he gets night. He sees all of his dreams are performances, and he just yeah. It's night them. night concerts, <laughs> <laughs> not night terrors. Night concerts. I'm a sleep clapper. <laughs> oh, that was a killing solo. <laughs> well, asleep. How many clapper? You know, since these the clapper people are taking children and using them as you know bombs. How many like of these fifteen-year-old boys do you think accidentally exploded while they were jerking off? Most. Oh no! It's just oh no! If you fapped. I mean, that's why they only get like the hyper fundamental Mormon kids because they don't do that. No, they just torture animals and stuff. Okay, so the <laughs> everything lines up just perfectly. Right about now, Connor is getting marched in, and he's kind of accepted his fate. Risa is playing, you know, Uptown Funk or whatever stupid song they're playing on the roof because <laughs> they need to keep things light. And uh, <laughs> that was the thing. Like they're, they're like a band of children. They come in there like, what are you, what are you useful for? And like, we're all here to get our organs chopped out. And like, well, I also play piano. I'm like, perfect. We have, to, we have just the job for you. So they're up there playing songs. But the reason why there's an opening for piano players because the last piano player was taken the week before his 18th birthday. Yeah, they they, they let you gotta milk him. It's fucked up. So while uh, you know they're gonna be killing him softly with their song, they then uh, <laughs> Lev and uh, Lev and the two other clappers that are there with him. Uh, was it punk rock Asian girl and nondescript third person? Random guy who never mattered in the plot before. And they're all in there and they're ready to start clapping. Yeah, but they're all like pussies. They're like, I'm going to be the first one. I'll wait till someone else explodes, then I'll do it. And then something tricks them, and they both explode. Like they're they're waiting on Lev to do it first, and then there's a noise. No, Lev gets like detained. They're like, why are you acting so strangely? And meanwhile, the other two people actually set off their cells <laughs> themselves. Yeah, they set themselves off at the appointed time, which is one p.m. Before uh, Connor, Colin, no Connor, Colin, Connor, Ben. <laughs> okay, <laughs> or I just don't care. I, just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I've had three sips of beer. Anyway, uh, 
before before uh, Connor can get unwound. And they do it. They, like, blow up the building, and then, like, he is, like, because he's inside the building. He gets half blown up but doesn't die. Riza is on the roof playing piano, as you do, you know. Yeah. And then she, like, falls in because, you know, the building fucking blew up. And then, so, and then Lev, because he had been detained, he, like, couldn't go through with it. All he had to do was clap his hands together. And he couldn't do it. He could have just shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> but if he shit his pants too hard, I'm surprised he didn't. <laughs> uh, and so the building blows up, and then like all hell breaks <laughs> loose. And then like the next thing, the next scene is Connor waking up in the hospital, basically uh, waking up in the hospital, and he has a new arm yeah. and a new eye, and the arm is Roland's arm. Because it has a so big shark tattoo on it. Roland jack him off. <laughs> <laughs> he only uses that hand to wipe forever. <laughs> and he, why did he use no vapor? Just, I'm going to shit right in this hand forever. <laughs> and then Riza wakes up and she's like, dis- and her, she is like no feeling below the legs. Like she is completely uh, disabled now. It's weird. Like, why did they save why do they re- repair Connor? It's because Connor was unconscious, so they just That's put right, it back yeah. together, and Riza did not lose consciousness. She says, I don't want new legs. Oh, yeah. And also, um, Connor, they find the ID of like one of the juvie cops or something, or the guards nearby, but conveniently, the picture has been burned off, and they're like, that's your There's name. There's no backups of his picture ID in their system. Yeah. But the ner- <laughs> I think like the nurse is just like, hey, you, uh, you're that guy now. And he's like, no, my name is Connor Smith or whatever the fuck his name is. And she's like, no, dude, you don't, you're really not smart, are you? You are now this dude. That's how you're going to not fucking die. And he's like, oh, well, what's my middle name or something dumb like that? And uh, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm almost afraid to go back and look in the book and find out it was neither of those names. (laughs) Like, it's one of those. Carl Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> so then they can be together, but he, you know, she's a she's a, qua- a paraplegic, and he's got one Frankenstein arm. And then Lev has been like is an international celebrity now as the tithe clapper, who then renounced both of them, renounced his ado- his indoctrination twice. Ooh. Fucking teenagers. It's like being a goth kid and then being a, like a, a jock and then being a Preppy. prep. <laughs> and uh, they immediately change the law that they can only be unwound now if you're uh, up to 17. They're like, oh, progress. <laughs> but they're like, oh, like, no, this is starting. People are seeing now. Like, people really did this. Is, they're just seeing it now. Like, you're getting new fresh primo assholes installed in your bodies for 50 years. And you're like, that was fine. But like, ah, oh, one kid killed himself. The old one was dirty. Oh, wait, there are moral implications of this system. No, no. And that's how it ends. And it sets it up. Now I see it. And now they're going to be, there's like three or four more in the series. I think there's four total. And at one point they were going to make a movie out of this, but that seems to have stalled out. I don't see how that would work. 
Well, I could see like the adventure action. I mean, I could see how it could, how, how it logistically, like, yes, they can physically make the movie, but I guess the problem for me would be the problem I have with the book is who is this book for? I think it's for kids, for teenagers. I think it's for angsty teenagers. Yeah, but it's, it's a really heavy topic and it's written at like a 12 year old reading level. It's just like, if that, who is supposed to get and enjoy this book? Because no one's going to. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. So it is written. So okay, we've done several. We've done a bunch of other young adult novels. I mean, not that many. And this one, we've done the hits. Yeah, because there are a fucking infinite amount. There's just no there way are to a keep lot up. Of, I mean, we've very recently read the Hunger Games, we've and done then all the we Harry also Potters. did. Twilight, and we've also done Harry Potter. Perks of being a wallflower as a young adult. Perks of being a wallflower, and then we did very early one, the one about kids with cancer. Oh uh, shit! Fault in our stars. The fault in our stars. This it's okay. What makes it a young adult book? Obviously, it was the teenage protagonist, teenager protagonists. The fact that it's like it's very good and evil. It's very much just like a not just like the bad people. They're just bad, and. Also, the plot moves really fast. A lot of things happen. There's a lot of action, I guess you could say. And I want to say Neil Schusterman was also like, I'm going to do all those things. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to be fucked up. Like, I'm just going to make a fucked up story that's like crazy. And it's got these like moral implications that, or, or more like this morality tale that even young adults, even like young teenagers can understand, you know, oh, yeah, that's definitely bad. Oh, having, having people harvested for their parts. I, I, I agree. And that's all of the, those are all textbook young adult things, right? Like the total black and whiteness of the um, plot, and white. uh, Umber and Sienna, of the characters. There is no, there's no character that, it, 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 except for, I guess, Lev kind of changes, but everyone else is more or less the same throughout the whole book. And you know instantly that's a bad man. That's a good man. That's a good person. No, good woman, at the end they do reveal that uh, the admirable the fuck the admiral. <laughs> God damn it! Actually, was Humpty Dunphy, but he just wanted to get all the kids, the people that had his kids uh, parts in them together for like a big picnic, and say, "Hi, I'm Larry. I have his le- his liver. I'm <laughs> Peter. I have his Peter." <laughs> <laughs> it was very much like a fight club, you know. I am Jack's spleen. <laughs> I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it is all. Like, I think the thing, the one thing though, I didn't, I didn't get. Maybe I'm reading into it way more than Schusterman intended. Are we supposed to leave this book with like a opinion about abortion, or 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 you know, like because that's what started it is abortion. You know, that's what creates this conflict in America that creates a civil war. And the solution is let's chop up kids, which the Admiral reveals was, was posed as a joke. <laughs> they say, yeah. We put like, that as a, never go for this. A goof. <laughs> I can't believe they say, Oh man, that's all right. We're going to for stuff. We're committed now. Like, am I supposed to leave this book being like pro-life or being pro-choice? Like I, I that's what I didn't get. Cause I feel like as a kid, your opinions of such things are typically pretty ill-informed, if at all. Like, you just yeah. kind of have an opinion, and if anyone... Generally, would, your parents' opinion. Or if you hate your parents, it's the opposite of whatever their opinion is, just by yeah. default, right? <laughs> but you don't, you don't 
necessarily even, even if you, you believe that in your heart, I mean, you can never really like, explain why you're just a kid and you're stupid. Is this supposed to like do something about that with children? That's what I didn't get. I don't know. I got the, I got the sense that he wasn't really trying to come down on one side or the other. Like maybe the point is that it's, it's very complicated and it's, it's, there's no right answer. I, I don't know. Or maybe there is by book four. Maybe he solves it. Maybe we just have to, no one read through the whole thing and we just have to get through it to figure out this whole, uh, you know, debacle. And <laughs> At the know. end of the book, we'll all completely understand what the right position is yes. on abortion. <laughs> you have to read all four, though, to really get it. I'd rather keep to the end. my poorly informed opinion <laughs> than read the other ones. Actually, I, think, I actually did. I enjoyed the book. It was fun. It, I, I knew I expected very little and I was pleased. It was a young adult novel. It was fine. I expected this to be like a fucking nightmare book based on the oh, list yeah. I found it on, but it was not that. Yeah. That was, you found a list on someone's live journal. I found the premise of the book so fucking stupid <laughs> that I just, <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't be like, I was like, oh, God, this is so dumb. That was my problem with it. There's yeah. even the just the premise of the book was not fun. I was just looking up how many uh, that how, what the sales figures are for this book. And the first, this is the first book, just Unwind itself sold over a million copies, and that's from an article in 2018. So it's probably sold. Even it's at least a billion now. Then. Yeah. Once so, this podcast comes out, this is by any definition. By anything compared to except Harry Potter, a very popular book. Yeah. But not in Nate's heart. <laughs> That's because Nate needs a different heart. <laughs> he needs to get in on Wound's heart. You know, maybe, maybe if you give me a teenager's heart, then I would like yes. this book more. You also masturbate a lot more. Much more bigger. To play devil's advocate a little bit, the premise of the Hunger Games is also really stupid. Like, there yeah. is a dystopia, and they have coal-powered magic machines, but they still need to have 20, 12 children fight to the death every year on television, and we parachute in little things, and then we all care and have wigs. That's also pretty dumb. I mean, yes, that, I okay, that is a more believable premise than this book. So I was looking up why this man wrote this, because there are a couple of epigraphs at the beginning of chapters that are look like quotes from news articles. And apparently he was inspired by a couple of real things, including one thing where a doctor or scientist or somebody said, by the year, I don't know, I'm going to get the year wrong, let's say 2050 or 2100, we'll be able to use uh, 100% of the, like, we'll be able to like donate and graft 100% of the human body without rejection. So that was like one idea, like the fact that you could just reuse every part and fix people. Like the Native Americans. Yes, we use every part of the, <laughs> every part of the child. <laughs> so then there was that element, and then there was a, you know, some sort of article that looked like it came from like fucking Alex Jones' website, like InfoWars, that was like, oh, there's some like Romanian orphanage where they're killing kids for their organs or something stupid like that. Shockingly, I never saw anything that I really exhaustively researched it where he mentioned Never Let Me Go, which is clearly a very similar yeah. thing. Well, they were so wasteful in Never Let Me Go. They didn't even use like 90% of the person. No, actually, no, I think about it. When did that book come out? Was that like 2005? It wasn't that much longer uh, before this. No. Yeah, Never Let Me Go was from 2005. You could hear our episode about that at Um Most young adult novels are stupid, though. Like, that take place in a dystopian thing. 
they require a certain suspension of disbelief to get past the premise. Yeah, this one maybe yes. a little bit more than average. I'll give you that. Oh yeah, this the, one this too much. Leap. Too much. And I tried. You got to just accept it. And I really tried, but man, it's fucking stupid. Nate's just too tough for it. I was able to accept it, and I thought it was fine. Like this is a dumb kids book, and I was evaluating it as a dumb kids book. I think it's probably better than most of them. It all, like all of the parts of the book get, may make sense. It, there's foreshadowing. It's pretty subtle. It's pretty unsubtle, I should say. There's stuff that, you know, they, the world building is done in a way that it doesn't seem like you're in fucking Lord of the Rings. Or just, hey, let me give you the entire history of everything right now. He, it kind of paces along nicely. The plot is entertaining. The characters you're interested in a little bit. I thought it was a pretty decent young adult book. That being said, most young adult books are pretty terrible. So in terms of actual books, you know, actual novels that I've read in my life, this does not even come close to being good. Yeah. I guess if we're comparing it to, you know, adult books, it's nothing. Compared to kids' books, it's it's not the best I've read by any means. Uh, I guess I haven't – we haven't really read any of the ones that don't become – I'm sure, like, any of the kids' ser- book series who, like, we don't read or haven't become famous are terrible. But, I mean, it must be better than average because people bought it. I don't think they just bought it for the, you know, controversial topic, but it must be better in some way. Okay, next question. So this was on both the, this was on the list of, that Jimmy looked up of, like, most fucked up books to read. <laughs> and then the, uh... I'm glad I didn't patron, waste my choice on this. Our fan that recommended it said that it was difficult to get through. Because I, I, I remembered that that had you had said that b- before I read it, and then I was going through it like, okay, this is like clearly the author is trying to be provocative and is trying to make a story that's just kind of a world, you know, a universe that's just kind of like, oh, that's really fucked up. I mean, it and it kind of is, but it is not even close to the most disturbing thing I've read. <laughs> so first of all, because I was reading it recently, is the road, which is way more disturbing than this. Yeah. Also, I'm not a kid's book. Definitely Definitely not a kid's (laughs) book, for sure. And then I was going to say, probably any nonfiction book about the Holocaust is going to be probably worse than this. And then there's Ask Goblins of Auschwitz. Uh, That was just dumb. (laughs) That that doesn't even count. That, That didn't even make sense. And it's not even close to as disturbing as that one chapter... In the book about the dictionary. Oh, I got cost cuts his oh. cock off. <laughs> yes, though they do cut that Roland's was... dick off. <laughs> that guy <laughs> would have been saved in this world. <laughs> would have given him some umber that... dick, and he would have been a much happier man. <laughs> that single chapter in that book, <laughs> in that true story, non-fiction book about writing the Oxford English Dictionary, is more fucked up than this book. Yeah, it just didn't even come close. Like, maybe I'm just jaded. Not Entirely yet. possible. Entirely possible. But it didn't... It was like, that's the most disturbing thing you got? That's nothing. That's really what I thought as I read it. I guess the question is, how can we convince Nate to write his own fucked up young adult novel? Since clearly, he is the we master of our... With a, he's come up with a more ridiculous premise than clearly. this. Clearly. All right, let's come up with a more ridiculous premise. What is more ridiculous than this? <laughs> In the future, 
America has fought a civil war over left Twix or right Twix. (laughs) (laughs) And now we have to deal with just one single Twix in the package, like a Snickers, like a plebe getting one candy bar. And they put children on the underground railroad. It's like, we're going to make two candy bars again. Like, no madness. I don't know. That's equally ridiculous. And maybe just as controversial. In the future, there's a, a new law banning circumcision because it's male genital mutilation. And uh, they force all circumcised men to have their foreskin stretched out and turned back into like a little hood so they could <laughs> be natural. That, that's disturbing. That made my penis retract into basically a vagina. <laughs> there's an army of radical Jews circumcising people on, <laughs> on the underground. <laughs> Some guys get caught multiple times, and they <laughs> keep getting like snipped and restretched, snipped and restretched. It's a fetish for some. It's become a fetish for some people. It's a thing they're into, yeah. That's <laughs> people who watch those videos. You know, it was also really disturbing. Now I think about um, that one. Well, not that one, but several of the short stories in that stupid uh, Ripper Bandits guy book. Like, yeah. Boat, what's his name? Boating with Boatface. What was his name? Uh, blind Blind Boy Boat Club. Blind, yeah, he has a, a short story where it's like a. A guy gets, you know, kind of like nobody, dude, all of a sudden becomes a celebrity in Japan. They're treating him like he's oh, like... Oh, the octopus, octopus baby man. And then at the end of the thing, he's been like, had all of his limbs amputated and replaced with op- uh, octopus tentacles. And he's like being electrocuted while a Japanese man jack jerks off or something. Yeah. Horrific. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's a more that's disturbing a thing. I love that book. <laughs> All right, so this is not the most fucked up book. Maybe you tell us what you think is a more fucked up book. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this long, don't uh, don't wait for your organs to spoil. Just uh, leave us a review and uh, make it five stars while you're at it. One for uh, each hundred pages too long this book was. It should have been, it should have been negative pages. <laughs> and if you're really fucked up, Go on Patreon and buy us a beer yeah. for this nonsense that we do. Buy yourself one too, though. You know, we're not that jealous. We're going to need new livers eventually, so you got to you know, help us out while you can. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. 